He paid a price so that God could come and redeem us. He didn't just redeem us a little. He redeemed our value. Like God, like man lost his value in the garden. But Jesus came to restore that which was lost. What was lost was our identity. So it's not okay to say you're a Christian and have no idea what that means. To say you're a Christian means that you are one that's painted on by God. One that is smeared with God. One that is completely covered with God. You know, it's a shame that a lot of times, even in the church, we study the written word, which is we're supposed to do, but we put more faith in the word itself than the Holy Spirit that the disciples did have. Listen very carefully with me, because this is powerful. Because God set me free from me, which makes me free from you. I was lost, I was a liar, I was a thief, I was a drug addict, and I hated my life. I was suicidal for most of my life. I wanted to put a bullet in my own head, because I didn't know why I was on the planet. And not one Christian came and told me about Jesus. 34 years, man, I lived on this planet. And not one person came up to me and say, hey, I just got to tell you, there's a Jesus, and he loved you so much. He didn't die just to, like, get you to heaven, but he died to get heaven into you so that you could have heaven flowing through you every day, and you could destroy hell for a living. Like, there's a song that says, there's an army rising up. You guys ever hear that? What is that? You are the army. We are the army. But an army doesn't just sit back and do nothing. No, you are supposed to use the equipment that God gave you to destroy hell for a living. Man, everywhere I go, I see miracles. People are like, well, I don't believe in that. Well, too bad, because I see them. Uh, people are like, well, I don't believe in healing. Well, that's, that's really crazy that we would say we don't believe in healing. Like, did Jesus change or did we? Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I've had so many people that say, well, I don't believe in healing, get healed. I know this might be scary to talk about here, but since I have a microphone and I'm going to preach the gospel and share the truth, for me to say, for me to say that miracles aren't real is for me to cut out half the Bible and most of the gospel. If I were to tell you that the miracles aren't real, then I would have said, look, you know what, it's most of Jesus' ministry really didn't happen. That would make me a liar, right? God's not a liar. He's powerful. We say, well, I mean, if he heals, then why did my friend die? Listen, I'm really sorry that that happened. But why would I change the gospel to fit my experience? Come on, man. What are we living for? Why would we live selfish and deny Jesus from people? Why would I only want half the gospel? Some people that are out there listening to me right now are like, oh, I don't know, I don't believe this. Get free from you and believe the gospel. Believe the whole Bible. Don't just tear out stuff and say, well, I'm not comfortable with that. Why do you think we have a comforter? Because God knew you were supposed to be uncomfortable, man. Look, these are disciples. You know what disciples did? It's so crazy because all of these disciples, they're like, there's this section in Acts, and you've got like, Paul comes into the place, and all of a sudden, they, they tear apart this guy. His name's Jason. And they rip Jason up, and I'm like, hey, tell us what's going on with these guys. Where are they? And they said, you know what? These are the men that are turning the world upside down. They are upsetting the world, and now they've come here to do it to us. Now, look, 
At the time that the gospel, that the book of Acts was written, they didn't turn the world upside down yet. It was only over there. It didn't come to America yet. The gospel hasn't touched the whole world yet. But their assumption was, these guys are flipping the world upside down. It's crazy, and we don't want to be flipped upside down. Do you understand that as a disciple of Jesus, you are supposed to upset the world? You are supposed to upset the world. You are supposed to go places where people are comfortable in their own life living in the world and turn that situation upside down, inside out, right side up, actually, because the kingdom of God, it's not meat or drink, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And if you have a kingdom that's not in the Holy Spirit, then Romans 14, 17 isn't in your gospel, and that's wrong. Are you guys okay? I'm not mad. I just don't play with this thing. And the devil is destroying people's lives. Why would I call it humility to not pray for people? That's not humility. That's demonic strategy set up to get you to have a basket on your head, church. I didn't come here to entertain, man. I came here to prick your heart and to plug you and to sharpen you also. Because iron sharpens iron. So a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. But I didn't come here to make you happy or please you. I came here to provoke your heart so that you'd stop living for yourselves and you would live for Jesus. You don't have to be, you don't have to be an evangelist. No, this isn't just evangelists. Evangelists aren't the only people that are supposed to share Jesus. It says that all believers are supposed to preach to all creation. And all creation is groaning for the sons of God, the sons, all of your sons. I know that ladies, it's weird to be called a son. But if I can be called a bride, you can be called a son. It says, all creation is groaning for the sons of God to be made manifest. Who's your daddy? Because that's really what it comes down to. It comes down to who's your dad. People say, well, you know, I didn't have a great dad growing up. Great, neither did I. You know, it doesn't matter what my father thought or what my mother thought. Because my life was planned out by my father. I didn't know that for 34 years. I love my mom and I love my dad. But I'm not the product of my mother or my father. I am not the product of that. You must be born again. Why? Because you have to understand to be born again means to be refathered. Refathered. It's not enough to go to church. It's not. It is enough for you to ask God to come and make his home inside of you and to possess what's been lost. You're not supposed to worship a God that's far away. You're supposed to know God because he has come to make his home inside of you. And he's fully possessed you. God's not looking for half-hearted Christianity. He's looking for people that burn with passion and with fire and with humility. Humility is easy. Just prefer someone else rather than yourself. Come on. You guys okay? It's like an explosion. It's like a fire hose. It never shuts down. I've been seeking Jesus. I have been set free from me for 13 years. I was a drug addict for 22 years. I was an atheist my whole life. I didn't want anything to do with the church because I thought it was just for people to hide inside of a building. I didn't even know that it was a creation festival. I had no idea until I got saved. And I came here my first year and I was so overwhelmed and rocked by the love of Jesus that people would actually gather together and worship Jesus, like on the fringe stage, on the main stage. I was fascinated because I was a guy, I was a, I was a singer in a hardcore band. And then when Jesus came into my life, everybody was like, see ya. 
No one wanted to be anything. No one wanted to hang with me. I was like, come on, man, Jesus. They're like, shut up, dude. Don't be talking about Jesus. I'm like, oh, no, I'm serious. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Because I was bold to sin. I was bold for the devil my whole life. He led me around like a slave, and I was a slave to sin for 34 years of my life. But I have become a slave unto righteousness, ball and chain to righteousness itself. And if I'm a slave unto righteousness, it's not very heavy because his yoke is easy and his burden is light. But Jesus didn't just say, come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden and exhausted. Come to me and I will give you rest. And he didn't just say, stay there when you came to me. No. He said, come to me and I will give you rest. And then he says, oh, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It says this, and you and you will find rest for your soul. So we come to him and he gives us rest. But when we learn from him, we maintain it. And I have lived free. Listen to this, guys. This is like supernatural. I've lived free from guilt, shame, and condemnation, regret, and offense for 13 years. If that's not something that you're living, you're living in the wrong gospel. Because in the Old Testament, you had to do to be. In the Old Testament, you were a doobie. You were. Because you had to do, you had to perform, you had to do works, you had to do this and do that and do this. And then when you did enough, then all of a sudden you could finally be. There was no way to do it, man. 613 laws and 10 commandments in order for you to be right with God. And God knew that you couldn't do it. So he had mercy and he sent his son. So Jesus came. He didn't come to make you religious. He came to give you a profuse, amazing relationship filled with grace that empowers truth to happen. It's called grace. Grace is not a license to sin. Grace doesn't say, okay, now I'm under grace. I'm going to go ahead and sin and I'm going to get away with it. That's not grace. That's demonic strategy set up to get you look like the devil. That's what it's done. Come on, man. People are like, wait, I thought you had dreads. I thought you were a grace guy. I am. But grace and truth came through Jesus. So if I want to believe real grace, then I'm going to walk like Jesus said I can walk. He said I can walk with power. He said I can walk with relationship. He said that I can walk and cast out devils. A lot of the church is afraid of casting out devils. But it says in Mark 16 that God didn't tear out of the Bible. He didn't tear that page out of the Bible. These signs will follow them that believe. He didn't tear that page out and say, wait a minute, that's not for today because we're smarter than that now. That's not true at all. The first sign of a believer is casting out devils. People are like, well, I, I'm really not comfortable with that. Well, yeah, because devils make you uncomfortable. But if you had the comforter, then a devil would be uncomfortable around you. Come on, man. Why would we want to sit by and be passive Christians that are doing nothing with the gospel, man? Come on. People are going to hell. Do you understand that? People are dying, and I almost went to hell, and nobody said, hey, man, God's got a plan for your life. Nobody came up and prophesied over me, because a lot of people are taught that prophecy is not for today. What? 
Bible do you read? Because that's not from God. Because all scripture comes from God. And none of the scriptures can be taken out. The canon's sealed. All of the word of God is true. Don't just tear out the pages you're uncomfortable with. Get to know the comforter. Ask the Holy Spirit to baptize you and to overwhelm you. People are uncomfortable with this stuff. They're like, well, I don't know. Man, have you ever seen a blind eye open? I have. Have you ever seen a deaf ear open? I have. Have you ever seen somebody get out of your wheelchair? I have. I'm not backing off on this thing. Have you ever seen somebody that's dying of cancer be healed? I have. Who here has seen a miracle before? Come on. There's an army rising up that believes the whole gospel that doesn't just tear out stuff. It's time that we get empowered by God to destroy hell for a living. 1 John 3, 8 is the mission statement of a Christian. For this reason, Jesus, the Son of Man, it says. For this reason, the Son of Man was on the earth. To destroy the works of the devil. What's a work of the devil? A work of the devil is any place you see John 10, 10. The thief cometh not only to steal, kill, and destroy. So if you see death, Lost and destruction, it is the hand of hell, it is not God. God is not trying to spank people to teach them a lesson. He's not trying to beat people down to give them a lesson. And if God was the one that put disease and sickness on people, then Jesus healing the sick would have been going against his father. And Jesus only came to do the will of the one who sent him. Jesus only came down. It's totally scriptural. When you see Jesus... You see the Father. Come on, guys. Colossians 1.15. I read the Bible every day. It is my bread. It is my everything. Man, be careful that you don't think that you can get something from this life that you can't get from Jesus. Be careful that you don't think that you can get from your job what you can only get from Jesus. Be careful that you don't think all this other twisted stuff is going to give you peace because there's only one name under heaven that men shall be saved that name is Jesus, but saved does not mean just get to heaven. It says to confess with your mouth and to believe in your heart and you shall be saved. And that Greek word for saved is translated from the Greek word sozo. And sozo means this, to be saved, to be healed, to be delivered, to be made whole, to be kept safe and sound, to be kept safe from harm. That's what that word means. That's what it means. That means that when I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord, I can be healed. That means to confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord with my mouth because I believe it in my heart, I can be delivered. I can be set free from bondage. It's amazing what that word means. But sometimes we just boiled it down to get to heaven. The Bible doesn't say that Jesus came to rescue us away from the big bad devil so that we could get free finally from hell. No. He crushed hell when he died on the cross and he rose from the grave. When Jesus died on that cross, he was delivered up from my offenses. And he was raised for my justification. Just as if I never sinned. So a guy like me that destroyed people's lives. That stole from everybody. That manipulated. That maneuvered. That hurt. That people are dead because of the life I used to live. A guy that grew up in a children's home. That grew up in a Masonic homes. That started drugs at 11. That was fully addicted by 12. 
that got out of there at 17 because I got kicked out. They joined the Marine Corps and tried to straighten out my life. I went down to Paris Island and I went through boot camp. And then I ran away after boot camp because I didn't want to be controlled. You can't hide from the military. I got arrested out in Colorado. I got put in jail. I got extradited across America and I got put in military prison. I was down in Camp Lejeune in military prison for about five and a half months. I didn't have anything to do with anything. I wanted to be dead. I wanted to be done with my life. I got out of there. Then they told me I had to wait for a, for a year and a half to get discharged. I said, I am not waiting. I'm out of here. And I went AWOL again. And I ran away and I went and hid out in the Rocky Mountains because I thought, this is amazing and I can hide up here and try to get above everybody else. All that trash, man. And I went and got arrested a year later because you can't hide. And I got arrested, put in jail, extradited across America again in an orange jumpsuit and got put in military prison at Camp Lejeune. In six months, about five and a half months later, I got out of there and they weren't going to let me wait. They set me in the brig for five and a half months and then they kicked me out and gave me a bad conduct discharge. That does not look good on your record. Nothing. And nobody came to me to tell me about God. And I didn't have Christians in my family. I was lost, man. I was so lost. But if the church is found, then you see a person that's lost and give them what you've been found to. If the church can see, then you help a blind man. And a blind man isn't just somebody that's carrying a stick. A blind man is somebody that doesn't know who Jesus is. But can't you hear him, guys? The blind are crying out, Son of David! Have mercy on me, son of David. Have mercy on me. And here we are. Jesus says that as he is, so are we in this world. As he is love, so are we in this world. He says the same as he was, we are. That doesn't mean, look, I'm Jesus. That just means, look, I'm a son of the most high God. And my God with him, all things are possible. And every situation will bow as long as it's the will of God. Every situation. I trust in my daddy, man. He's the one that sets me free. Am I okay on time? I got 10? 10 minutes? Wow! We can destroy a lot of stuff in 10 minutes. You guys good? They asked me, what am I going to speak about? I said, I don't know. But when I get up there, God's going to feed me because I trust my father. I didn't pre-plan this meeting. I don't go and and wait, say, God, what do you want to say? I get up here and trust him that when I open my mouth, scripturally the Bible says, let anybody that speaks, speak with the oracles of God. I trust him for everything. The problem is, is we can't really trust him because we don't really know him. But if you know him, you'll trust him. And if you know him as he is, you'll be like him. And God is love. And Jesus came. He was the visible image of the invisible God. Colossians 1.15. He was the express image of the Father. That means Hebrews 1.3 is true. When you see Jesus, you see exactly who God was. In John 14, you've got disciples that are like, okay, Lord, what's going on? Where are you going to go? What's happening? We're with you. Let's go destroy some more stuff. I mean, you're the one doing it, but we would like it. We're hang with you. Jesus like, I'm about ready to go away, and where I'm going, you can't come. I'm like, no, dude. Chill. Hey, you're like the best thing that ever happened to us. Where are you going? He's like, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to, um, I, I'm gonna go. So where are you going? Well, I'm the way, truth, and the life. Thank God he didn't say no one comes to heaven except by me. He didn't say that. He said no one comes to the Father except by me. 
And they said, wait a minute, then show us the Father and it'll be good. Jesus said, whoa, have I been with you so long and you don't even know me? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So if you see Jesus, you see the Father. It's amazing. And then he says this. He goes, don't you believe that the Father is in me and I'm in the Father? If you don't believe me through the works that I do, or the, through the things that I say, at least believe me through the works that I do. For it's the Father who dwelleth in me that does the works. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. Where's the Holy Spirit live? Out there? No, the kingdom of God is within you. It's so powerful, the gospel. So man, I got kicked out of the Marines, come home, can't get a job. I meet some girl in a bar. Uh, trick her into thinking I'm Mr. Amazing, and she bought it, and she thought, wow, you're a really good guy. At first, I like kind of like stalked her, and then she thought I was a really good guy. And so it's crazy. Anyway, so we end up getting together, hooking up. She ends up getting pregnant, because that's what happens when you hook up. So she gets pregnant, but when my daughter was born, people say, well, that changed my life. But it didn't change mine. It made me suicidal, depressed, made me want to kill myself. And so my daughter was born, I looked at this little girl and had no idea how to be a dad. So I became suicidal immediately. So I lived with that for a long time. And then my girlfriend's like, I'm out of here. If you leave me, I'm killing myself. I don't have anything. You take her away, I have nothing. Because everything, because my little girl was my savior, because my girlfriend was my savior. Anything that manipulates you and maneuvers you like that, that's more important than Jesus, has become your new savior, and now it has the right to potter you. So I had no idea how to do this. So finally she's like, I'm going to find a man that's going to take care of me. I said, if you leave me, I will kill you. I will kill them. But I'll kill them first and make you watch. I'll kill you, and then I'll kill myself. Go ahead and leave our daughter with nobody. So she stayed with me for seven and a half years. So seven and a half years later, I come home one night after a crack binge, and she's gone. I come home, I go, to my, I go over, to the, to the, over to the kitchen, I'm like, that's it, I'm done. I walk over, I got my keys, went to her stepdad's house to get a rifle. I was going to put a bullet in my head up a step, at her stepdad's house. But I couldn't own a rifle and I wouldn't keep one in the house because I would have used it and it would have been over. But I knew where they were. So I went to the gun cabinet and on the way, I opened a phone book and opened the churches. So this, this, this church, man, I'm like, what am I doing? There's 586 churches in my hometown. Why would I go there? This is so dumb. This is so dumb, but something's telling me to go. So I went. So I drove to this church, and I'm letting this guy have it, man. Who do you guys think you are? You have no idea. He's like, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. He's like, look, it sounds like you don't want your life. I'm like, no, I don't want my life. I told you what I was going to do. He said, why don't you give it to somebody that does? I said, dude, who would want my life? Because you know what? I didn't earn anything, and my value was trash, and I hurt everyone in my life. He said, well, no, it's not what you did, it's what he did. I couldn't get it, so I was like, whatever, dude. If he wants it, he can have it. So I went home that day. I called my girl, my daughter, and I said, tell mommy that daddy found God. She said, what's he like, dad? I said, I don't know, but I met somebody today, and there's something about this guy's eyes. He, he knows something. So mommy's never coming home. So mommy did come home. She said, now you're going to be a liar and a hypocrite. Liar. I told her, no, everything's going to change. She said, no, I don't think so. So that day, I ended up putting my daughter to bed. And in an hour and a half, I'm out on a cocaine binge, man. Because all I had was a confession. See, God didn't say go make confessing Christians. He said go make disciples. That's what he said. I had no idea how to read, none of that stuff. So I'm like, 
out on the bench, come home in the morning, call that pastor. I said, your Jesus didn't work, brother. He's like, what do you mean he didn't work? I said, I was out doing it again. He said, Todd, how do you feel? I said, horrible. He said, well, that's great because a couple days ago you wouldn't even have cared. Thank God you cared. I'm like, <laughs> He said, there's a seed growing. I said, make it grow faster, man. That's what I said. And it didn't, it, it didn't happen. Five and a half months later, I'm still in the same stuff. So I go out one night and I rip off this dealer from New York City and in York, Pennsylvania, because that's where I was from, York. So I said, I ripped this guy off. I had him in my car. I told him I'm a cop. He said, I said, you have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can only be used against you. He's like, oh, he's freaking out. I said, get out of the car. Put your hands on the hood. And when he gets out, I hit the gas to get away. And he pulled out a nine millimeter and he unloaded it at me from 10 feet away. Boom, 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 boom. And I heard a voice say, I took those bullets for you. Are you ready to live for me yet? I have no idea. I think I'm shot. I thought I was dead. I pulled out. How much time? Five minutes. Five minutes. How many believe I can do this in five minutes? I'm talking like an auctioneer and trying to do it as fast as I can. Gosh. It's crazy. You can destroy hell in one minute, though, so it's good. So I'm out of town. I keep hearing this voice. I smoked a quarter ounce of crack cocaine that night. Every hit I took, the voice killed my buzz and wouldn't let me get high all night long. And I'm like so out of my mind. I'm, I'm freaking out. I pull in my driveway. I look at my car, and there's no bullets in my car from 10 feet away. And I said, oh, my God, this is, this is real. And I, I walked up to my door, and she said, get out of my life. It's screaming, and my daughter's screaming. I left, and I went to a place called Teen Challenge. It's amazing. So I went into Teen Challenge, and I gave up, man. I used to have dreads before. I shaved my head bald. I was like, I'm done. I'm finished. I'm just done. I submitted to God. So it says, resist the devil, and he'll flee. But your resistance of the devil isn't unless you submit to God, because submission to God is a one-step program. You submit to God, you submit to his word, you submit to God and what he says about your value. And all of a sudden, he resists the devil. He is our banner, and our banner over us is love when he is your father. You're not an orphan, you're a son or a daughter. And that's what he wants. He wants us to know him as a dad. So I have no idea, I go to this place, I'm in Teen Challenge, two months, I have these three nights where I meet Jesus face to face. Crazy, awesome encounter. He tells me to go home, but I don't have a home. So I actually, I get picked up by the pastor. I said, I need to talk to my daughter because for the first time, for the first time in my life, I realized that I'm a dad. I didn't know I was a dad, but now I know I have a dad because I have a father. And he changed my life. I went home and I held my daughter. I told her how sorry I was. She told me, Daddy, you're home. And I said, no, I'm not home. You don't understand. Daddy can't live here. She says, Daddy, this is your home. I said, honey, I hurt mommy so bad. I'm so sorry, but I'm going to show you what it means to have a father and show you who God is. So all of a sudden, man, my girlfriend comes out. I said, oh, I'm so sorry. I love you so much now. I've really messed up everything. She says, I know you are. When you went away, I gave my life to Jesus. And I freaked out. I wish you'd come up here. Come on. Come up here. Come on. Go that way. She's here. So, so I knew I couldn't live there. So a couple of days later, 
my girlfriend and I got married and made covenant 13 years ago. 13 years ago. Come on. You guys welcome my wife. Her name's Jackie. So look, God wants to restore family. He wants to restore our identity. I only got two minutes, and I want you guys to do me a favor. I want you guys to do me a favor. Listen to me. If you do not have a relationship with Jesus, or if you just are backslidden, right now, I want you to shoot your hand up right now. Right now. Come on. Right now. Come on. All over the place. If that's you, I need you to wave your hand at me right now. Be humble. Because Jesus wants you. Listen to me. You must be born again. If you're just going to church, it doesn't matter what denomination you are, you need to be born again. That means to be fathered by God right now. All right? You guys good? Come on. This is amazing. So I'm going to ask Jesus right now. I want you to pray with me. Every person in this place, I want you to pray with me. Just say this. Lord God. We want to know you. As a father. You have given us our value. The cross determines our value. We right now surrender. Say yes to you. Forgive our sin. And empower us with your presence. We say yes to you. In Jesus' name. Now everybody quick, put your hand on each other. Right now. Do I have one minute? Am I okay or no? Am I too late? Am I okay? No, 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 no. I got quenched creation. Am I okay? Listen, right now Jesus is going to heal a whole lot of people right now. I don't, I don't care if you believe it or not. He'll heal you anyway because he's amazing. He will. Here's what we're going to say right now. In Jesus' name, head be healed. Neck be healed. Arms be, Arms be healed. Shoulders be healed. Discs be healed. Nerves be healed. Joints be healed. Every cell from the top of our head to the bottom of our feet be healed in Jesus' name. I want everybody to check your body all over the place right now. Check your arms, your shoulders. If you had pain in your back, just check right now. Bend and move around right now. Come on, check. Come on. Hey. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So if there's healing in your body, wave both hands over your head right now. Come on. Okay. One more time. Put your hand on somebody. Okay. All right. Last time. In the name of Jesus. Every disease. Every sickness. All pain. Right now. Deaf ears open. Blind eyes see. In Jesus' name. Be healed. Be healed. Acid reflux. Acid reflux. Get, out. Get out. Digestive disease. Digestive disease. Get, out. Get out. Asthma. Asthma. 
Get out. Diabetes. Get out. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now check your body again right now. Check all over the place. If you've been healed in any way, wave both hands over your head. Come on. Bless you guys.